It didn't take much more than a bottle and two chairs to make a speakeasy. This is what Daniel Okrent said in his book, Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition. Today, join us for some stories. Get your own bottle, glass, mug, and relax. This is Speak Easily, and I'm your host, Krista Stoffer. And it's, it's funny that I, you know, I'm not on a lot of Zoom calls, but my husband is for work, and he said one of the guys admitted to not wearing deodorant for two weeks. Not sure why you would admit that, right. but that's, yeah. you know. Well, people are very excited about not wearing makeup. Yeah. But I never wear it anyhow, so it doesn't matter. You train for this, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, it's just, yeah. I had to tell my son yesterday to stop picking his belly button during a call with his I saw you post that. Um, that's, that's in the same realm of things that I'm telling my kid on you know, when he does video calls with, with school and everything these days too, it's like, dude, they can see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's- yeah that's how old is your kid? <laughs> well, uh, my son is going to be six next month. Uh, my daughter's a year and a half and, uh, Krista, how old are your kids? I have a third grader and I have a sixth grader. So it's, so it's- we all have wild houses at the moment. Very much so. Yes. Bored houses at the moment. I think that's <laughs> very, very bored. Because how old is little man now? Is he two? Three. He's, oh my gosh. Okay. And I have a newish granddaughter in California who's five months. Oh my gosh. How are they holding up? They're doing very well. Uh, don't ask me why. Uh, <laughs> the weather's better. Well, that's true. That's but true. they're enjoying the baby. They, uh, they, they tried eight times. This is the eighth try. Wow. She's not a, not a young mother. Okay. So they're feeling very grateful for having a child and yeah. enjoying it. Maybe this is the best time for that, you know, where you're, mm-hmm. you're not fighting one parent going back to work or you're not fighting to find daycare that you get to actually raise your child right. <laughs> without a choice, you know? And she does. She uh, is... Uh, she's a yoga teacher and she's teaching yoga online. Oh, cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that gets her back to back in shape too after baby. So that's exactly, exactly. So, so you have two grandkiddos. Finally in my eighties. <laughs> that time. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Are you from Columbus originally? No, I'm, I grew up in Chicago. Okay. Okay. Very good. How did you end up here? What's your story? My husband is a pharmacologist uh, whom I picked up on an airplane when I was in graduate school. And uh, well, actually in the airport. And- uh, (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I wanna hear this. I need to hear this story. This sounds fascinating. (laughs) Well, I was in in graduate school in theater and uh, I was going into Chicago and took my, you know, had a little bag to put on the plane and there was nobody at this, nobody there at the desk. So I said to the only person standing there, what do we do with our bags? And six months later, we were married. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So that's, why was I telling you that? Well, I asked if you were originally from Columbus. Oh yeah, no, no, I was going into Chicago to see okay. family. Yeah. And, uh, so I grew up in Chicago, 
went away to college in the East, which at my school was the thing you were expected to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, taught in Chicago for a year in high school, moved to New York for seven years, and uh, went back to graduate school in Iowa, which is where I met my husband. And then um, you're getting my whole life story here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why we do this. That's kind of the show, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. That's the only format for my show is just tell me your story. <laughs> oh, well, my, my story was that I was a, a teacher of English and I wanted to teach drama. Uh, I had always loved drama since being a lot of elderly people in plays in high school. And uh, I was the mad woman of Shiloh. That was my <laughs> thing. And uh, so I, I kept teaching English all the time. My degree was in English and my MA was in English and I moved to New York to teach English in New Jersey and uh, all the time. But I moved to New York because I love theater. And um, I took uh, a class hither and thither with anybody and everybody who was teaching acting. And then I ended up in a class with the only person in my life whom I would call a genius, uh, William Ball. Oh, love it. Love him. <laughs> and uh, he taught me everything I know about acting and directing. And um, uh, But he was crazy. He ended up by killing himself. Oh, did he really? Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I was about to uh, ask if he was still alive or not, but. No, no. He started the uh, theater in um, San Francisco called the American Conservatory Theater. And there was some money hanky-panky and he was let go of his own theater and did a couple films in California and then killed himself. Oh, and uh, so he, and he was a druggie and all that kind of thing too. And I knew that he was, uh, that he was all that, but, but he was the so most incredible teacher. So good. We, you know, it's ironic. I, I just had a private lesson with a student that, because this is now how we teach private lessons, is me sitting in this chair surrounded by plants. <laughs> um, but we were talking about William Ball, because I said that's, that is the format that I use for my students. I have them go through. We do, we knock everything down. Um, that is like the text that I draw all of he my uses students. book, A Sense of Direction. Yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible book. I, I've done a lot of acting workshops in my career. And uh, see, I've had a second career. I taught English at Ohio State University for 30 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. But I've been retired for 25 years. I'm old. <laughs> and, uh, well, I'm 85. You're not old. Uh, about to be 86. And... Um, so I've had a second career in, in drama, which I, I like both careers. Yeah. But I drama's that, my thing. Yeah. And I know that you and I met very briefly, um, I think during one of the shows at Short North. Really? Yes. Um, it was the, uh, the Eno, the two plays by Eno. Oh. And I met With John Osbeck? Yeah. Was, the, was he not brilliant? He was great. And well, that's... The other one with the four people, I can't remember the name of it. 
Uh, intermission was the first one. Yes. Um, and, and I, I very briefly during that, but what's always fascinated me about you and hearing your name is that you may have been retired for 25 years, but you are working like crazy. Oh yeah. That yeah. You inspire me because I love to do side projects outside and seeing all of the work that you've done. I, I love it. I've loved seeing all of these things because you, you do a lot. You keep yourself. I do. <laughs> and I'm, I, because I can't do anything right now, I had to cancel three things yeah. that were coming up. Okay. Uh, one of which I'm just in mourning about. I, I'll have to hang around for at least another year so I can do it. Um, it was going to be my swan song. Oh, wow. And I still think it might be. Not that I wouldn't do theater anymore, but that I wouldn't do full productions. I do more stage readings and things of that sort, because I have a group called Wild Women Writing, which is my second group. I, I started out when I retired with a group called Women at Play, as opposed to Men at Work. <laughs> nice. And we wrote plays together and I directed them. And we, we did that for 12 years. Okay. And then, and towards the end, we started doing musicals with this wonderful guy in town whose name is Dan Rogers, who's an incredible composer. And uh, then that group kind of fell apart and uh, the new group is Wild Women Writing. Mm -hmm. And we don't, write together we write poems and essays and plays and whatever but with that group I've put on a lot of plays that I've written mm -hmm. so this last one I will tell you about yes. uh, is autobiographical it's about an incident in my life about a crush I had on an artist mm -hmm. when I was young and um, it's called The uh, Coffee Shop Blues, A Portrait of the Artist as a Middle-Aged Woman. Hmm. And um, I had met a few years ago, I had re-met a former student of mine from Ohio State, uh, who's a high school teacher and a musician, and you should interview him. He is incredible. Who is His this? name is Steph, Stefan Ferenkoff. I have met Stefan Ferenkoff, yes. He is beyond the beyond. And uh, he worked with me. Um, I cast him in a thing that I wrote called A Riff on Hamlet. And he wrote the music for it, which made the play work. It was, I thought what he did was brilliant. And uh, so he's, he's already done the music for the coffee shop blues and uh rewritten a lot of the lyrics so i you know he's it's really half and half yeah. and uh and we cast it and john osbeck is in it he's the artist that she is ashley woodard in that one too she's the lead okay she's one of my nearest and dearest i adore her uh, so do I, and I just met her very recently, but I, I know what you mean. I feel so lucky, but Stefan introduced me to her, okay. and she was going to play one of the minor roles because, you know, I'm thinking about, she's playing me, mm. and I'm very short, and she's very tall, <laughs> yeah. and I just, you know, when he showed me a picture of her, I said, oh, no, she can't play the lead, and after she had sung two 
bar, as I said, she's the lead. You know, yeah. incredible. Outstanding. I, not only that, but she's just the, the kindest, most giving, loving, selfless person. <laughs> I adore her. Well, I, 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 I hope we can still do this. Uh, it's rescheduled for a year from June. It was supposed to be this June. And we were going back to being site-specific. My first group was a site-specific group. We did things in cafes and um, gymnasiums and where, wherever the play was set, gardens. Yeah. Uh, and we were returning to that idea and doing this in a coffee shop called the Chocolate Cafe. Where is that? Look, I don't think I've ever heard It's of on that. Northwest Boulevard near North Star. Oh, Grandview. Yeah, down in the short north area, right? Um, yeah, sort of. But it's in Grandview. Yeah. And uh, it's very small, would be intimate, and so. Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, I have to ask you, just because it's a question that always boggles my mind, is when, when there's a collaboration between a playwright and a musical, when writing a musical, how does that work? I mean, did you... Did you have ideas for the music or did he come up with that based on, how does this work, Catherine? Make, make me understand this. Well, <laughs> when we worked with Dan Rogers, I would just present him with the lyrics and say, write the music. And I always loved everything he wrote. So there were never any problems as long as I could get him to do it. Yeah. It was like, you know, pulling things out of him. Uh, with Stefan, Stefan has a lot of ideas of his own. He's a director a writer, a teacher, and I've learned a lot from him, although he says he learned a lot from me in, at Ohio State. Um, so I wrote the lyrics, and when he would write the music, he would just totally change the lyrics mm. and ask me if that was okay, and I mostly said, great. And then he would say, but, you know, there's this in the play. So he started giving me critiques. I consider him a co-writer. Hmm. Uh, there's only one thing that I, and we have a lot of problems because I'm archaic technically, so I'm on word perfect and he's on, you know, we getting the script back and forth is challenging. My son has helped us. And, uh, oh, my son's going to do the sound for the play. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And um, so uh, we have one issue left uh almost all the time he sends me a change in the script or in the music i say yes 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 wonderful but this time i made a change and then i had to insist on changing it back he doesn't know this yet you're getting this before he does <laughs> um the play has mythical characters in it because i grew up with myth and I told my children stories about the flying horse Pegasus mm. all the time. So uh, these characters are sort of parts of me that are in the play. And yeah. one, is, one is the flying horse Pegasus. Mm. And um, the, 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 the key thing that happens uh, when Bellerophon tries to tame the wild winged horse is that uh he has a magic saddle from athena and um 
puts it on Pegasus and then they go up into the sky where he tames him. And when they come back, he says, uh, you know, you're, that was incredible. It's wonderful. But Pegasus, I know you want to be free. So he takes the saddle off and says, uh, love me or leave me. And Pegasus stays and they become buddies and, you know, on and on. Well, Stefan wanted me to change that and have the main character sort of whisper to Pegasus before they even go off and, you know, he's tamed before he's tamed. But when I was in California visiting my new grandchild, I'm bringing all the bits and pieces together. My daughter said to me, while you're here, you have got to write a book for children about Pegasus because you told us Pegasus stories and my child has to have them. So while I was there, I wrote a book uh, called Oh Pegasus, which I'm still working on revising. And I realized while writing it that he's got to be tamed in the sky. So Stefan doesn't know it yet, but he's even going to have to change some of the lyrics. <laughs> Sorry. That's how we, but that's how we work. I mean, he, I, I've tra- I, he's a co-author as far as I'm concerned. Okay. I always am fascinated by that, by that process of. But we get along very well, even though it's all now on the computer. Right. Is, are you a musician? Like, do you, do you do any music? Absolutely not. And I can't <laughs> sing a word. <laughs> oh, that's great. I, cause I always think, you know, if, if you've got the lyrics to something, do you hear a melody for it or is it ever? So you just, okay. I started out because it's called the coffee shop blues, thinking that the music had to be blues music. I went through two or three other people who were going to write blues music for me. And when I got to Stefan, he said, I don't write blues music and I don't think this is a blues play. So he's had that effect on it too. Wow. I listened to some of his music. He has a song that's online that you should all listen to in which he talks about, sings about, um, I think it's called I'm Bigger Than You, where he's singing to his son about how I'm bigger than you, I'm smarter than you, blah, 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 blah. And he ends every verse with, I would do anything for you. Oh, wow. Hmm. We should all, we parents should probably be listening to that right now. Right. <laughs> Remind ourselves that. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I love working with people. I mean, you know. I've met an incredible number of actors in town that I love, and uh, John Osbeck is very special to me. That's awesome. Uh, He was a friend of David's when they were growing up, so they go way back. How is, I want to throw David in here, because David's been on our, well, David and Jamie were both on our show. Yeah. What, back? Probably a couple of years, he said. Over, uh, yeah, at least over a year. A little ago. over a year ago, I think, uh, is when when it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. how are they holding up? <laughs> I think they're ready to kill me, but other than that, they're fine. <laughs> uh, you know, that's great. I I say the wrong thing about the kid all the time, so I'm always in trouble. But other than that, um, they're doing amazingly well. They are amazing with their kid. Uh, in many ways, yeah. and um, uh, they're still getting um, paychecks on the film he made, Hayes. That's great. It was a phenomenal film. Yeah, I think so, says his mother. 
well, I had a I had a little input. <laughs> little bias. That's okay though. That's okay. Proud mom. I mean, there's a mythical theme in there that uh, I suggested. So, have you made? Uh, but they're fine. They're great. Okay. Do you do film work? Have you written for film ever? Never. Never. Just the stage and books and. But David and I write together. Okay. I can't tell you the whole story, but we have a contract. Between the two. <laughs> Yes, there are certain things that I do that really bother him and certain things that he does that bother me. So we made a contract okay. that we would write together and we wouldn't do those things. Okay. So twice, twice a week we try to, uh, that doesn't mean we write the same thing. He writes his stuff, I write my stuff, we read to each other and give each other feedback. So it's very nice for me. Oh, absolutely. Well, and it gives you accountability and... You know, and it makes us write. Yeah, yeah. Have you always been, I know that, I mean, you taught English, but have you always been a writer? Uh, yes and no. Um, I, I would say I became a writer when I um, stopped teaching mostly, but um, I had a group at OSU when I first started there, right after I stopped being a graduate student and, and started teaching. We had done a play by Harold Pinter, who was the person I wrote my dissertation on and published my first book on. I have published about 20 books. Oh my goodness, that's awesome. Wow. Uh, the first 11 or 12 are academic and a few of them are on Harold Pinter. Okay. And I knew him. Mm. I met him by accident. He sat down next to me in a theater in England <laughs> when I was writing my dissertation on him. Really? Wow. Yeah, is, that, is that wild? Serendipity. Did you introduce yourself then? Yeah, I almost didn't because we were, I was in the back row. We only seats we could get and he was hiding in the back row because his first wife was in the play. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I should leave this poor guy alone. But of course I told him who I was and that I was there writing on him. And he was very nice and we had a nice chat, but he didn't come back after the intermission. Uh, but when I met him years later, he claimed to remember that, and we became friends. Oh, my goodness. Yes. How cool is that? <laughs> but I, I've lost the train of all this. You asked me oh, whether I was a writer. Okay, so at OSU, uh, we did a play by Pinter called The Collection. And then uh, it was done with various graduate students and friends. And we decided to form a group called The Collection. And we uh, did things together, some of which I wrote. I did a, a um, I adapted uh, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales for the stage and wrote a piece that was called Shakespeare's Mirror. And we traveled with those two pieces. They did them and yeah. I directed them. Uh, and they're published, uh, you know, a hundred years ago when I did that. Uh, but then I really ended up in an English department again. So for many years, I, I didn't have time to do anything except write academic books. Yeah. And um, one of the first things I did when I retired early, which I did, um, was I wrote a mystery. 
interesting. And I, I would love to see that dramatized. It's called April Cruel. So it, it should be read this month. I advise you both. This is the month to read April Cruel. <laughs> and <laughs> I would love for you to send that my way. I would love to, to take a look at that. It's set in academia. And for people who were in my English department, they recognize a person or two. Uh, it's my revenge on the academic life. It's a mystery. <laughs> and then I started writing uh, with my first group. Okay. And we've published several plays together um, of those plays. Okay. And then I've had, you know, so, so that's when my writing really started. I started writing monologues. I've had a lot of those published. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite plays I wrote with my daughter and my yoga teacher and two other women well my yoga teacher was a man and it was about him okay. but he was one of the writers and it's called yoga warriors Interesting. and um you know you work at catco don't you i do yep i directed a play at catco in my youth did you really what did you direct i can't remember the name of it uh, it was when Jeff Nelson was uh -huh. the director. I was a, a friend of his and of his wife. His wife was my student. Okay. Anne Hall. She did her dissertation with me. Okay. And I didn't meet Jeff before he left. Um, I didn't start with Catco until Stephen had already been a part. Stephen taught my daughter acting when she was three. Oh my gosh. Or four. That's amazing. That's so amazing. I did know um, John Putnam. He was uh, one of my college professors for film acting. I know. He was an adjunct uh, to come in for film acting. He was a student of mine at OSU, and he was your teacher. Oh, my goodness. Here we have all the generations going. Yeah. <laughs> it's also cool, though, to see that the community really does stick around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or comes back. You know what I mean? Right. So, oh, but I saw Catco from the... You know, from when it was in a Y. Wasn't the, really. Oh yeah, he, when Jeff opened it, yeah. Okay. So I was involved from the beginning, and Anne got a group going at Catco. Mm -hmm. She put out a call for writers. Okay. Um, and um, only women came. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know whether we called that group anything, but we met at Catco, and the first play that we wrote together was called Women Who Kill. Yes. <laughs> Even more so now during this pandemic. Yeah. But in the early days, Jeff did let me direct a play, but that was all. Do you, what's your favorite aspect of all of the creatives? Uh, do, you, do you prefer one versus the other? Do you prefer writing over directing or vice versa? Uh, no. I would say uh, writing and directing and even acting are all equally important to me. I used to do, oh, I'm afraid to say this online, but I'll do it. <laughs> I may go to prison and you'll have to visit me. I will. I'll come see you. Socially distant prison visits are fine. Okay. Pretty sure those are already a thing, but yeah. <laughs> but this, this kind of combines some of my interests. I was in the library one day looking for a book, stumbled on another one. It's a monologue that Gertrude Stein gives. Hmm. And I'm not gonna go into the whole thing, but you can't do it, it's not allowed. 
Well, I did it all over Ohio and in Florida and in, on a ship. And, you know, and I was about to do a version of it again when we all got closed down. Ooh. So it's about Gertrude Stein. Okay. That's not an answer to your question. How did I get into that? I don't think you'll go to prison. I think you'll be okay. <laughs> uh, it's illegal to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, now I'm I didn't I didn't find that out until I mean I made every effort to find out, out how to get permission yeah. but when I finally found out I mostly stopped doing it mostly. Uh, <laughs> I was about to do it again in a slightly changed version Interesting. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't say I, I prefer one over the other I mean I love writing but I like being out with, I'm very social, so I like being out with people. And I'm probably a better director than an actress because I really have a bad voice for the stage. Uh, but um, in my day, I really enjoyed acting too. What's, the, what's your favorite role you've ever played? <laughs> Maybe in high school when I played the, the Mad Woman of Shiloh. <laughs> um, well, I have to laugh that you said that you got all the old lady parts because Ben in our high school got several of the old man parts. <laughs> I did. I was Judge Omar Gaffney in uh, 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 Harvey, and I was oh. Laser Wolf in Fiddler. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sans lasers. I was yeah. a little disappointed about that. What high school was this? We went to Gehanna. So if Ben and I go really way back, way back, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I, I think that's how Ben and I got to know each other so well was doing some of the shows together. And I remember I saw a picture of Ben as judge Omar Gaffney with the gray hair. That was, <laughs> it makes me laugh now. It was very method. Yes. I, I, I colored my hair and everything and, and I painted lines on my face and yeah. had a permanent Scowl on my face. Yeah. If you want, I can do one thing for you that might scare you. Yes. Please. Gert, uh, I haven't done it for a while, but I'll try it for you. Uh, uh, Gertrude Stein, I read, laughed like a piece of beef. So at certain points in the monologue, I would, let me see if I can do this. Okay. I would go, I'm afraid I just woke up my grandson. <laughs> so much for nap time. That's amazing. <laughs> That's it, would awesome. go on, it would go on for longer than that, but oh, it, wow. it was, it punctuated the piece. Yeah. I love and it. And then she'd just stop abruptly the way I did, you know. <laughs> That's amazing. I have to, you've intrigued me. I want to read this piece now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's called, it's called Gertrude Stein, Gertrude Stein, Gertrude Stein. Okay. But it's out of print. It's only in libraries. Really? Well, yeah. Let's see if we can dig it up here. But I've got a new project. Okay. But I haven't got permission to do it yet. <laughs> uh, I swore that this cafe thing was my swan song, but then I stumbled on this other thing, and I, I've got to do it. If, if, her, <laughs> if her estate will let me. Yeah. And 
I, I hope to do it with a musician I picked up recently. When I, I can tell you about that if you want. Yeah. Because I pick people up, like my husband. Um, what was I going to tell you about? You see, my memory is terrible. <laughs> you found a musician that you... Oh, oh I, was, I was reading. Uh, I was getting ready to redo the Gertrude Stein. Mm -hmm. And I was just reading about her again to get me back into it. And I found a children's story she wrote. I woke, I woke him up, they're coming to get me. <laughs> I can hear them very upset out there. At any rate. Um, Tell them it's my fault. You can blame it on me. Okay, I will. Um, um, you see, I've, I keep losing my track, my, uh, Train of thought here. Okay, yeah. it's called The World is Round, okay. and it's a children's book. And I read it thinking, oh, oh I, I love Gertrude Stein's crazy character, but I don't love her writing. Well, I love the story. Okay. It's about a little girl who climbs a mountain and uh, goes round and round, and she takes her favorite blue chair with her because blue is her favorite color, and she wants to sit down when she gets to the top. And Anyhow, I think it would make an incredible monologue with the little girl climbing the mountain, because the little girl sings all the time, and then she cries after she sings. And she has a little cousin who turns out not to be her cousin, so she can marry him at the end. And uh, he sings songs, and he doesn't cry, and... So they're kind of woven together as they go through life. And I love it. I just love this story. So I want to do it. Well, the, the musician, I thought well, we have no business saying this, but it's going to be public. We were having our hair cut in the same beauty parlor. And I heard him say to the hair cutter, I wrote a song last night. So I said, oh, are you, are you going to sing it to us? And we became friends. We've been having coffee ever since. Huh. And um, it turned out that um, he's rather famous. He wrote the music for uh, Big Fish and for the Adams Family and various you, other. You met uh, Andrew Lippa, didn't you? I did. Yes, he's phenomenal. <laughs> I saw him at Catco. Was it at Catco? No, I guess that was at North. Uh, I've worked for, uh, seven years at North, the North the stage, the garden theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I met yeah. him um, New Year's Eve when when he and Tom got engaged. <laughs> that was my first time. He told me about that. Yeah. He told me about that. Yeah, we were, we were doing our Saturday Night Fever, and it was, somebody said, um, Andrew Lip is here. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, he, yeah. well, he, he's quite a guy. He's really a sweetie yeah. pie. Yeah. So I've offered him the opportunity, if the estate lets us, to do the music. Uh, he's so busy with other projects, he hasn't had a chance to read it. But um, that's on my list for now, getting in touch with the estate to see if they would. Uh, wow. Do they just have know. to be okay? Is that all they, they do? Uh, usually they charge money, but okay. you know, it would be a cut of whatever. Yeah it would make if it went anywhere and I, I I think it would I think it's an undiscovered gem yeah and not to mention oh a woman gets to do something what that's <laughs> that doesn't happen in theater ever. <laughs> how did you get into acting 
Um, <laughs> my mom is an opera singer and my dad did some directing. He taught in uh, middle school and high school setting when we lived in Colorado, but mom was a professional opera singer. She was at Ohio State. Um, we came to Columbus because of Roger Stevens and the music department at Ohio State. And she finished her degree, she taught at Ohio State. Um, and I think, I, I just grew up with music. We didn't do any acting, I didn't do Columbus Junior Theater, I didn't do any of that until high school. And uh, that's where it started and never ended. <laughs> so yeah, I went to Otterbein for, for theater and- Oh, well that's a great place to go yeah. for theater. It was, it was and continues to be great. And then I think about seven, almost eight years ago, um, I had a friend that I worked with that said, you need, you need to teach. And that kind of became, and still is, I, I couldn't do one or the other. And that's why I asked you, you know, it, it's interesting that yours balance the acting and the writing and directing. I think I'm kind of the same with acting and teaching. Mm -hmm. But if I couldn't do one, I would be devastated. Um, I, I need them both. Yes, that's, that's how I feel. And actually, uh, one thing that I left out, which I'm reminded of that, because I love teaching. I didn't love the politics at OSU, but I love teaching. Um, I mean, I was an early woman in the English department, and I had to claw my way up. <laughs> it was uh, not a pretty experience. Um, but I love teaching, and in my retirement years, I've done many, many workshops. Yeah. Uh, but I was very influenced by a wonderful woman, and, and here, here's another great book for you, if you want. I need to be writing these down. I'm going to have to listen to this and read all of these written down. I can, I can email them to you. Okay, yeah, that'd be great. Um, her name is Cecily O'Neill, and she was uh, teaching six months a year in the education department. And she's from Ireland originally, but has lived in England most of her life. And um, she turned up in one of my classes, said she wanted to audit it. And I said, that's fine as long as you participate because I made all my students perform. Doctors, nurses, business people, everybody had to perform in my classes, which she did. And we became friends and we taught a seminar together and taught each other during that seminar our approaches. And she has a book, you may have to look up the title, um, in which uh, she lays out a kind of special kind of improvisation that she hmm. kind of invented. Okay. And which my first group did because she was in my first group. And, um, and we wrote plays using this way of developing an idea uh, through, I wouldn't call it improvisation, I don't know what I would call it, but uh, I, I said it, it shouldn't just, oh, it's called Drama Worlds. She okay. would create a, a world of drama. Yeah. And I said, okay, but then it has to turn into, that world has to turn into a play. And that's yeah. how women at play wrote plays together using her techniques. Oh my gosh. And uh, so when I've done workshops over the last 25 years, I haven't done any for the last couple, I think. Um, that's, I, I borrowed her techniques and yeah. played with them. Oh, that's, 
this is fascinating because now I'm getting all of these ideas for you, like, oh, we can implement that and what we do and I can do this. Okay. This is, yeah, this was meant to happen today. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, sure. If you want me to come down and do a workshop for you anytime, I'd be happy to show you how that works. Yes. I want to get this madness over with so we can do this stuff again. Yeah. It's, it would be nice to get on with life, wouldn't it? It really would. But in the same sense, I don't know how much you're experiencing, but it sounds like you are. The slowdown is almost forcing us to find new ways and to, like you said with David, you guys are sitting down and writing. Right. Because you have the time and you have yeah. the need. And it's, yeah, while we may not be drawing from daily experience in our writing, that would be the most boring book ever. Right. <laughs> well, today I, I got up, I had coffee, I thought <laughs> And then I went to bed. Um, so, are, yeah, you are you teaching online? We are. We're starting. Um, we're doing videos at this point. Um, but to be honest, our conversations are now moving to what can we do as this continues to draw on? Because I feel that, uh, disagree with me if you will, but I feel like all of these lovely artists and people that are doing these videos or these workshops or these classes, it's going to end soon being free. Um, and while I would love to say that, you know, Broadway stars will continue to do online Instagram videos, I don't think it's going to last much longer. People are going right. to need to figure out how can I continue my craft, but still have it be impactful and money-making. My daughter's charging for her yoga online. Oh, absolutely. That's, mm -hmm. I feel like that's where everything you know, everybody just kind of responded to this creatively, like, but that's coming to an end. Um, so we, we actually sat, we sat down. Everybody was seated. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, I talked last night to eight of my former students who are either in college or going to college for, for BFA programs, because how do we bridge that gap um, in asking, we asked them, what happens if school looks like this in the fall and all of them said I would pull out for the semester I'm not gonna spend the money sitting in front of a computer doing an acting class so we're we were asking them what sort of things can we do for you if you do take a gap year or if you take a semester off how can we as educators jump into that abyss you know what I right. mean so it's it's a brand new way of thinking but I, I love the fact that it doesn't have to stop. We can, we have to continue moving with it. We can't go I back. I think you're right. I think you're right. We have to find ways to, to and I think, you know, uh, connecting is very important. Although I must tell you, <laughs> I guess I must tell you that my latest piece of writing is called Doom and it's about Zooming. <laughs> it's not a dramatic piece, I don't assume. It's a, it's a short story. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, the, I, I love the idea of, of kids' books and um, the one that you're writing for, for the grandbaby. That's, that's amazing. How do you, do you do the illustration? Do you have somebody do the illustration? Oh, no, I'll have to have somebody do it. If, if a publisher's interested, they usually like to choose their own illustrator. Really? Yeah. Um, and if a publisher isn't, I'll find somebody to illustrate it. 
Ben still has a little bit of drawing in his day. What? Who has? I, well, not well. I don't. I don't draw well. No. <laughs> My wife is the. Uh, she's the artist. She can draw. Oh. So. Well, I need you know a lot of flying horse stuff. And she um, would actually be remarkably good at it, to be honest with you. Uh, well, she she draws griffins. That's her big thing. She's uh, ever since she was a little kid, she was uh, she got into griffins and she she draws like anatomically correct stuff. She's she's an outstanding artist, and animator well, too. I, if I need an artist, I'll get in touch with you. <laughs> that, that would be lovely. Mm -hmm. if, if you need stick figures, I am really good at those. I can I can help you with that. I'm going to be real. She's not. She's not very good at it at all. I've seen her stick figures, and they're they're terrible <laughs> stick figures. Sorry, real talk. Fired. Yeah. Fired. <laughs> that's, I guess that's another piece of collaboration that I've always wondered, you know, how do the, how does the author and the, the illustrator work together simultaneously to create something that makes sense? Well, it's in a way analogous to the theater where you're getting a set that works with the play that's written. Yeah. Uh, visuals and um, that's always been a, a challenge to me because we've never had real money to work with yeah uh, actually to tell you the truth we did have money uh, when I had my first group uh, women at play because we were a nonprofit mm -hmm. and therefore we got grants all the time mm -hmm. and the last play we did we had five grants okay. and it was $30,000 production Wow. And um, I said to myself when I was writing grants at two o'clock in the morning, I am retired. What am I doing to myself? You know, I hate writing grants. Yeah. So with the new group, we're not a nonprofit okay. and uh, everything costs more and you can't get grants. So uh, I've started doing my own scene design. <laughs> so to speak, but um, it, it's, you know, that that's another challenging, yeah. challenging kind of thing. It's, I guess, I, I wonder where, what's the theater going to look like when this is done? Is anybody going to go to the theater? Right. right. I, we were, is anybody going to want to be? sitting next to people on either are you know are we going to shake hands anymore probably not and how do we, what do we do about blocking do we block the actors six feet apart because no, it, it's if you really get caught up in the questions it can become terrifying so i try not to yeah we, we've, uh, we've but, postponed our show for catco um and we i was laughing with with one of my friends today that I'm supposed to do a love scene in the next show with Catco, so I'm not really sure how that's going to work. What what play is that? We're doing Desperate Measures. Oh, um, I don't I don't know that one. It was an off Broadway show. Um, it is a a musical set in in cowboy times of um, Measure for Measure by Shakespeare. <laughs> so yes, it's very interesting. It's it's very fun. Um, and that's what I love is that when we get back, we are going to be doing that as soon as possible because we all kind of need something fun right now. So ready for that. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, 
The Short North has canceled a couple of their shows. Yeah. Uh, they were going to do Noises Off, but they're not. Yeah, they've. it was hard seeing the cast go through having one performance. And I know our friend Ralph Scott had the same thing with the Catco show. They made it through the preview. And then that Thursday is when everything stopped. So I think Young Frankenstein was the same way at Short North. They got through either one weekend or just a couple of nights of performances and then to have it shut down and ralph said you know the set is still on the stage everything's there and as soon as we can do it we're going to go back and do it because it's ready he's a great actor i think he's phenomenal yes yeah and he he taught this summer with us for the project that david was a part of so yeah well if you have never ever need teachers i'm around i would love that and it's Mm -hmm. there's something to me about utilizing other people's resources mm-hmm. um, because theater is one of those beautiful things that there's not, it's not like ballet where there's going to come a time where you, you can't dance anymore um, <laughs> or it, things like that. The theater is ongoing. And I say that to people, especially parents who say, well, you know, I love acting, but I, I did that in high school. I can't do that anymore. It's like, you can actually, it's not going to go away. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, uh, if, if, uh, the Gertrude Stein estate allows me to adapt the story, I'd be tempted to be the narrator. Great. Uh, because it, it is a narration that should have, uh, two either kids or youngish looking people yeah. doing yeah. the two kids and, uh, it's a, you know, but they'll probably say no. (laughs) So I'll. They'll, they'll find their Hollywood superstars to do it, right? Yeah. Or they'll get somebody and get somebody else to write it too. Yeah. I'll give them the idea. Right. (laughs) I'll take it over. Yeah. Yeah. Have I seen you in anything? I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, the last show I did was Saturday Night Fever at Short North. I missed that. Okay. I, I got some. Why did I miss that? Because of what was going on. Say that again. I think, wasn't all this starting to go on during Saturday Night Fever? No, we were, um, we did the entire month of December. So we, it was a long run. We opened the day after Thanksgiving and we closed New Year's Eve. Um, so I know I had tickets. I had tickets to that. Uh, I I don't know what happened. Maybe I got sick or something. Uh, you know, do you know David? Do you know, do you know David Fawcett? I don't think I do. Oh, he's an incredible actor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's been in my place since I started. Okay. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. So I have tickets with him, you know, to see all the short north. Okay. I think so, I remembered speaking with David about they were going to take your tickets and then something happened last minute. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. Um, before that, gosh, I, I had a couple of years of not doing much on stage, but I did um, Avenue Q with Catco when they revamped it. That was my first show that I got to do professionally um what else did I now you're asking me my resume and I've forgotten it um 
<laughs> I did 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee with Cat yeah. Co. And that's actually where I met Ralph. Um, and I attribute him with helping me kind of move forward in the education stuff as well. But yeah. Well, that's what we have a lot in common, both the uh, acting teachers. It is, there's something so fulfilling to me about working with students. Um, mm -hmm. I love it too. Yeah, it, it never ends. It just, they, they've gotten, most of my students are now used to me because I, I tend to geek out while working with them, especially when they get those aha moments. I just get really, like, it's, it's like the 12 cup of, of coffee feeling to it, but it, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like the chills when a student gets it. And that's what I absolutely love. Me too. I'm with you. Yes. Well, let's get this gosh darn thing over with so we can hang out. <laughs> okay. And I'm, I'm so thankful that you were able to do this today. You've been on my list of people I've wanted to talk to for a long time. And oh, it's so nice to meet you both. <laughs> Lovely meeting you. Yes. <laughs> and tell David and Jamie, I'm sorry for waking their child. It's my fault. I will sing lilting lullabies. And <laughs> I, think, I think he went back to sleep. I haven't heard any, anything well, too drastic. But they'll, I, I'm, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I know we can't get away from it, right? <laughs> I wish mine napped again. I miss naps. I, I wish, I oh, wish yeah. that were but I don't think the sixth grader is going to have that. So I don't think so. No, no, I don't even take names. <laughs> I, I don't really sleep. I, I, I would if I could, man. <laughs> I yeah. can't make I have too much things going on. Busy mm -hmm. man. Well, thank okay. you again for coming on and, and thank you. This. Yeah. We're, we're excited. And good. Ben, how do I get to, how do I get to see it? We will post it on Facebook. We, that's that's kind of our spot where we post most of okay that we do but okay. we have a, we'll make sure you get a link for it too oh, yeah. thank so, you yeah thank you ben okay. do you do you want to sign us off ben oh sure sure uh hey if you like what you hear we really appreciate it if you would go over to our facebook page click like and subscribe do the same thing on youtube so SoundCloud is another great place, uh, and iTunes. That's where you can find all of our episodes. Uh, Facebook, though, is where you can actually communicate with us, send us uh, your thoughts and opinions. Uh, maybe dial back on the opinions a little bit. I don't know. I just, but uh, or uh, just be nice. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, suggest future guests, things like that. Ask us questions. Uh, we'll we'll answer literally any question you ask us, guaranteed. Uh, any question, no. Krista no. personally, we'll do it. No. Mm -mm. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, no, but hey, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, remember, sharing is in fact caring and stay safe out there. Boxland Media. Think big.